This podcast may contain adult language and situations, graphic, gory details, and other not-so-nice things. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Lacey. And I'm Ashley. And this is United States of Murder. This week, we're in Missouri discussing a Missouri miracle. Then we'll talk about human remains found in a freezer. Buckle up and join us on this dark and twisted ride through the Show Me State. There were 316 missing persons in the state of Missouri in 2022, making it number 14 in the United States. 460,000 in the United States total. As a parent, I can think of very few scenarios as horrible as this. Just the thought of this happening has been enough to keep me up at night. Sadly, this is a reality for some parents. Every 40 seconds, a child is abducted in the United States. 27% of those are by strangers and typically occur in an outdoor setting. Perpetrators are male 67% of the time and little girls make up the majority of victims. The great majority of those abducted end up being killed shortly after they are taken. Statistics and facts on kidnappings are completely heartbreaking, so I won't share any more. Instead, I'm going to tell you about one of these nightmares that actually had a happy ending. Sunday, October the 6th, 2002, in Richwoods, Missouri, which is a small town just outside St. Louis, 11-year-old Sean Hornbeck was spending the afternoon, like most 11-year-old boys, riding his bike. He was headed to his friend's house, which he had done a million times before. He'd ride his bike over to his friends. He takes the same route every time. So his parents trusted him to do this all by himself. Like I said, he'd done it a hundred times before. Max does this. He'll go three or four houses down, rides his bike. You just, that's what kids do in the You know, once they do it three or four times, you don't watch anymore. You just assume they're going to make it. But today was different. Today he was pedaling along and he was bumped by a white truck. The driver, Mike Devlin, jumped out and ran over to little Sean to check on him. A split second later, he picked him up, tied his hands behind his back, and put him in the truck. He told little Sean, you were just in the wrong place (gasps) at the wrong time. So it was obviously on purpose. Yes. It wasn't like a... It wasn't an accident. It started to get dark and Sean was supposed to be home. His parents knew immediately there was something wrong. He Mm -hmm. was afraid of the dark and he'd always been home by curfew. They notified the police. Within hours, the sheriff's department was combing the woods. Members of neighboring communities came out. Dogs were brought in. And there was no trace of Sean. Mm. Not his bike. Nothing. Days turned into weeks, turned to months, and into years. His parents felt... Years? Years. His parents felt completely defeated. Felt like they'd failed their son. What if they wouldn't have let him ride his bike? I mean, I cannot even imagine the guilt and pain that these parents were going through. It would be hard to deal with. Sean had two older sisters, so this family had to keep going. When the search parties began to dwindle over the months and years, the family kept searching. His mother would listen to Calling All Angels by Train to give her a little bit of hope. 
His parents dedicated their entire lives to finding their son. They spent every cent mm-hmm. cashed in their 401ks, started the Sean Hornbeck Foundation to help other families find their missing children, made multiple media appearances to raise awareness. They went on the Montel Williams show where Sylvia Brown, the medium, yeah. told the couple that their son was dead. See, this... Mm. This is why I do not like psychics getting involved in stuff like this. Every now and then you hear of one that gets a lucky break and, you know, but even helps. A broken but broken clock strikes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Little did this heartbroken family know that oh. their son was alive and less than an hour away. Why would you, ugh, why would you do that to a family, you know? Uh-uh. He would be held captive here. For the next four years, subjected to daily physical and sexual abuse, his abuser kept a gun on him and would threaten to kill him daily if he tried to call for help or get away. But like we often see in these kidnapped cases, Sean was getting older. Oh, my God. And Mike needed a younger victim. Despicable. So he would have been around 15. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. 13-year-old Ben Ownby was taken on January 8th. 2007, after getting off the school bus. Like Sean, he looked much younger and smaller than his actual age. His parents called the school immediately, then the police. A neighbor kid told the police that a white truck was peeling out and he didn't recognize it as one from the neighborhood. It was a white Nissan with a camper on it. It had long windows down the side of it, a trailer hitch, and a rusty tailgate which was a lot of detail for a kid. Mm-hmm. But to me, it sounds like Max. Mm-hmm. Max knows cars. Oh, he can yeah. tell you if it's a diesel, what size engine it has. He knows Seriously. more about cars and trucks. Way and more than boats. I do. Yeah. So I'm like, don't sleep on kids, people. They, no, especially if it's what they're into. No, they'll remember, they'll remember every, every detail. Yes. detail. Every detail. So he could not remember the license plate. But the FBI was able to get a cast of the tire marks, and they put out an APB for a white truck across the state with the description that the little boy had given them. 45 minutes away, the owner of a pizza parlor recognized the truck as one that belonged to one of his employees, Mike Devlin. He had went home sick that day, which was unusual He went over to his place the next day, just kind of being nosy, Mm -hmm. and recognized red clay on his truck. Definitely had been down a dirt road that was not from the city streets. I love this nosy man. Mike called in the next two days. Mm -mm. His boss called the police and reported the truck and his suspicions. Good. The next day, the FBI showed up at the pizzeria to question Mike. He consents to having his truck searched and Mike willingly just sat in the police car and detectives started questioning him about Mm. the disappearance of Ben. But Mike kept bringing up his godson, Sean. Huh? No matter what the detective asked, he would bring it back to his godson, Sean. It finally clicked with the FBI agent that he was talking about Sean Hornbeck, the little boy that went missing four years ago. Why did he keep mentioning that? It's like he had a guilty conscience maybe and kept deflecting off of Ben and talking about Sean. I I don't know. 
That is bizarre. The FBI told him that they had forensic evidence that proved he took Ben, which they didn't, Mm -hmm. but he caved. Wow. He confessed that Sean was not his godson, that he was Sean Hornbeck, and also that he had taken Ben. They instantly went to the house. Mike unlocked the door and opened it slowly, and inside were the two little boys (sighs) playing video games. And they were safe. 13-year-old Ben ran over to the agent and tried to push past her to get out of the house. Oh, I'm... mm. And after four horrifying days, he was rescued and handed off to an officer. They asked the other little boy, I say little boy, he's he's a child. Yeah, yeah. Asked him what his name was. He said, Sean Hornbeck. Mike was immediately taken into custody. They confiscated guns and rifles from the apartment. Ben Ombi's parents were called and told that they had found their son and they were ecstatic. I mean, I cannot imagine. Like, no. it makes me get a knot in my throat even talking about it. Oftentimes, that call is not, not good. good. And especially after four days. Yeah. Ugh, I mean, God. my heart would explode. I can't even. The next call was placed to Sean's parents. They tell them they are 99% sure that they have found Sean and he's okay. They head down to the sheriff's department where they are all reunited. Police learn that both boys had been physically and sexually assaulted by the 6'4", 300-pound Michael Devlin. He had no prior record. Wow. Nothing. He was charged with kidnapping, sexual assault, and attempted murder. Sean began to slowly give details about the abduction and abuse. He was bound and gagged tied to a futon while Mike was gone to work and only released when he would return home. On Halloween 2002, Mike attempted to kill Sean by strangling him. He pleaded for his life. He was 11 years old. I'm about to cry. Like, my baby will be nine in a few days. That's just, I mean, I can't even, ugh. He promised he would never, ever run or attempt to contact his family or tell anyone the truth about who he was if he would just let him live. That is so sad. From that day forward, his name became Sean Devlin. He spent the majority of his time sleeping to pass the time. He was allowed to make a friend with the neighbor boy who he told Mike was his father and his mother was killed by a drunk driver. He told them he was homeschooled when they asked about school because yeah. this other little boy had parents. Yeah. And he would come over and play. And you ask kids questions. Those kids come over to my house. I'm like, so yes. where do you go to school? What grade of are you in? What, what are you learning today? Do you play any sport? Like, I'm nosy. Yeah. yeah. The neighbors would go on to say Mike was a good dad. He <sighs> bought Sean whatever he wanted. And the neighbors spent time with them. They would go out to eat together, have sleepovers, and Sean never said a word. He wanted to live. Sean and his friends were once stopped for being out after curfew, riding their bikes, and Sean never said a word to the cops. One night while over at his friend's house, a news clip came on that showed a picture of Sean on the anniversary. <sighs> and the friend's mom said, hey, that looks like you. Is, is that you? And Sean just laughed and said no. Oh, my gosh. He was completely controled by oh, pure yeah. terror and fear. Yeah. 
You can't blame him for that. That's for sure. And it was I, completely reinforced by the yeah. physical and sexual abuse. Oh, yeah. I mean, and as a child, he was especially easy. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he was trying to manipulate him in oh, every yes. way possible. Specialists say these children Ugh. feel damaged and wonder if anyone would even want them. So when they have the opportunity, <sighs> most of the time they don't say yeah. anything. Yeah. Because they tell them that. You, oh, you know. Yeah. Michael Devlin pled not guilty but changed his plea to guilty after videotapes and Polaroids were found of him abusing Sean. Sean's parents read their impact statements to the court, and Michael was sentenced to 72 life terms and an additional 170 years in prison. After being attacked with an ice pick, he was placed in protective custody to live out the remaining sentence. He is in the Western Missouri Correctional Center in Cameron, Missouri. Wow. Michelle McNamara, you know who that Mm -hmm. is, began investigating after she heard about the boy's abduction, and she linked the two before authorities did. Seriously? She even used online maps to guess where approximately they were being held, and she also correctly theorized that Devlin was drawn to the boys because they looked much younger than their actual ages. She came very close to solving this case on her true crime blog just one day Holy crap. before the FBI found them. Yeah. People want to I know, say, that gives me chills. Oh, I have chills, gives too. Gives me chills. She was, oh, man, she was. Yeah. Today, Sean Hornbeck is married with children and is living out his life as normal as he can in St. Louis and uh, been to. Ben's grown and I can't even imagine. I'm so glad that they're alive and oh man, moving on with their yes, lives. But, but uh, huh. due to lack of funds at the time, the Sean Hornbeck Foundation was closed in 2013. But mm-hmm. members helped fund the Missouri Valley Search and Rescue Team that continues helping families of missing children and adults. So I got a little bit of little few little facts. As of September 2019, 967 children have been rescued thanks to the Amber Alert. And in Arkansas, I'm sure it's probably like this in every state, but Arkansas has a neverforgotten.ar.gov that launched in 2016 and is hosted by the Arkansas Crime Information Center that enables the public to access information on missing persons cases with easy-to-use searchable database. Before this website was created, the public had very limited access to information on missing persons. Hmm. Neverforgotten.ar.gov includes all missing persons from Arkansas and will be updated regularly. Arkansans who have missing loved ones can share as much information as possible, especially the most recent and available photographs with their local law enforcement agencies. And local agencies provide updated information to this website. Also, there, and I did this today, um, there is free child ID kits available that you can go online and download and print, which is what I did today from missingkids.org. And it's the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children has some helpful information and a paper that you can fill out. These should be updated every six months. Wow. So download it. Download it, parents. We'll share it on yeah. our 
Facebook and stuff. Yeah, you so, can download yeah. it, print it out. It's the beginning of the year. This is something I think is good to do yeah. every January. Print it out. It's a good idea. You have recent pictures of your children because we just went through all the holidays. So and you're not frazzled. And you right. know what I mean? If it happens in the moment, you're going to... You're not, yeah. It's just going to be too much. Yeah, you know? so you can print this out, yeah. attach a photo of literally two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and put it in a folder just to have. I mean... Yeah, that's a good idea. And then, you know, you have no excuses. You have it. It's there. Um, like I said, they want you to update. They suggest that you update these every six months, the picture. Well, yeah, kids change kids a lot. Kids change a lot. When they're young. Yeah. yeah. There's also free guides that include checklists to follow when a loved one goes missing mm. and resources available. You can order a missing adult resource guide online or email community at ArkansasAG.gov and download all those. But I printed one out. I printed, I printed a bunch of them out and yeah. gave them to all of my nurses that I work with today for their kids. And it's just, it's very simple. Yeah. I'm showing Lacey. It's very simple. It just has a personal information, a place to put the photo, physical characteristics, height, weight of your kid, distinguishing characteristics like birthmarks, if they wear mm-hmm. glasses, have braces, medical information, and a place on the bottom where you can take to your local law enforcement and have their fingerprints done. And then you have it. Wow. And then you're done and you have it. And I mean, their fingerprints aren't going to change. You don't have to do that. But just once you fill it out, just replace the photo every six months just to have it. That's a good, that's very smart. It seems kind of scary, I'm sure. But it seems terrifying. Better to have it. Better to have it. Than to not. Yeah. And mm. so anyways, that's my case. Starting the year off with a bang. Mm. I've almost cried 35 times talking about this just now. But they were found and everything is good. And I know that's not always the case. So yeah, I I like a story that ends this way. (laughs) Are you you okay? Yeah. I'm like, that's people with kids. How are y'all doing? Listen, we just all got got through the holidays and then I'm dropping this bomb on you. So our patron Aaron from Missouri recommended this case, and it's a fairly recent one. I have friends that live somewhat near the area, like in Springfield, Missouri. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's not super close, but it's close enough. Yeah. But they were tagging me while this was going on in several posts, and I finally got a chance to dig into everything. And it's still going on. It's an ongoing Oh, case. the cases? Yeah. So there's some stuff that is still unknown because – there's a gag order. There's all, you know. Sure. But anyway, I'm going to tell you everything I was able to find. So Cassidy Rainwater was born on June 9th in 1988 in Missouri. In high school, she met a guy named Ben and they ended up having a son together. They weren't ever married and they didn't stay together, but they were pretty young when they had their son. So from what I read, they put him up for adoption. Mm-hmm. So he would be older now, around 17 years older. So so that would make Cassidy maybe around 16 or 17 when she gave birth. And she has other children. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Ben and Cassidy remained friends, but not like best friends. They would just kind of check in with each other from time right, to time. Yeah. Kind of like a couple of times a year. It wasn't even like a weekly thing. But the last time Ben heard from Cassidy was in May of 2019. So Cassidy struggled at times. 
And it was alluded that maybe some drug problems, maybe she suffered from homelessness. It was not very clear, but Ben said that in their last conversation, he offered help. He thought she may be homeless, even though she didn't come out and tell it to him. Yeah. And he said she should go to Kansas City because that's where he lived and he could help her get things figured out. He wanted to help her get her life together back on track, but she did not go. Fast forward to the summer of 2021. This is when Cassidy was 33 years old and still struggling. She needed help getting back on her feet, so she decided to stay with a 58-year-old man named James Phelps. James had a loft area of his small cabin she could stay in, which was on 386 Moon Valley Road in Lebanon, Missouri. So the cabin does have a Lebanon address, but it's near an unincorporated community in Windyville, Missouri. I've never heard of this. Allegedly, locals call it Spookyville. It's not even considered a town because approximately 51 people live there. Well, that's not why it's not considered a town, but you know. So tiny, tiny, tiny. But this is a tangent, but Windyville has said to be haunted. Like the town? Yes. The whole town. The whole 51 people. (laughs) No. But there are many rundown businesses there. It kind of sounds like it's kind of an abandoned town. I'm just speaking from what I read online. I've never been there. So rundown businesses and multiple cemeteries. In the 1800s, there were multiple child deaths. And now it has been reported that there's a- That there's children's laughter that comes from one of the cemeteries. Hell no. In the Lone Rock Cemetery, there's known to be a horseback rider that watches over the place. Mm -mm. There's a bridge that crosses a creek, and legend has it, there's a woman who walks the bridge at night looking for her child. So, in a nutshell, this is why it's called Spookyville. Let us know if you've heard of this. I haven't. Yeah. Cassidy was familiar with the area around Moon Valley Road because her family actually owned land adjacent to James's cabin. So I say cabin, it kind of makes it sound cute and cozy, but honestly, it's more like a shack. And I'll post pictures of this. It looks very rough, very rugged. And there was another man living on the property. 56-year-old Timothy Norton was living in his truck. He was a truck driver. He lived in the truck in the road leading to the cabin, basically. In July of 2021, Cassidy went missing. So she was last seen in July, but she was reported missing six weeks later, which would have been August. I did some digging and I couldn't find that she had a job at the time and her mother passed away in 2008. There was a major break in the case a few weeks later. The FBI received a tip from an anonymous person And they said they had evidence of a partially clothed woman being held in a cage that was being tortured for material on the dark web. What? Yeah. People always try to claim that this stuff doesn't happen on the dark web. And I'm like, it obviously does does if there's all these stories. Yes, it does. Yes. (sighs) So this person sent photos to the FBI in mid-September of 2021, and they included digital images. There was a photo of Cassidy partially clothed in a cage, just like the source said, and the other photos allegedly showed Cassidy's body bound to a gantry crane. A what? So I, believe it or not, didn't know what this was. So that's commonly used for deer processing. It's like, oh, it like kind of like it a up? hoist, like when you 
hook a deer and like you, a cherry picker in a like a garage. I have no idea. This gets the engine out. Sorry. Basically, this is like a crane <laughs> yeah, that picks. Yeah. It holds the deer while they skin it. Yeah. Well, there were pictures of her on this crane and her dismemberment. Yeah. What? Very freaking disturbing. She was dead? Yes. Okay, good. I mean, not good, but at least she wasn't, it wasn't being done while she was alive. It's the dark web. From what I know, that wasn't on there of her like actually being tortured like video, but it's. It doesn't matter. Yeah, Yeah. we don't know a lot yet about this case. So it's, I. This is unbelievable. I really hope that happened after, I don't know. Postmortem. Yeah, I really hope so. So since she was known to be staying with James Phelps, the police interviewed him. They thought he was acting weird. And when they went to his house, they recognized items in James's backyard that coincided with the photos. <gasps> it gets worse. <sighs> they got a search warrant and found human flesh inside of a freezer at the home. It had been marked with the date 724. You know, 24. That's yeah. when she was murdered. And well, I mean, that's what you do with like exactly. when you process meat, you date it. Almost exactly what you would do if he had hunted a deer and processed deer oh meat. Oh my God. In a freezer with the date on it. They also found skeletal remains at an adjoining property. The flesh from the freezer and remains were confirmed by the crime lab to be Cassidy. So James Phelps was arrested, and a few days later, Timothy Norton, the guy living in his truck, confessed to what happened on the property in July. Timothy said James asked him to come over while Cassidy was sleeping. Cassidy was near the front door of the cabin, and he said that James told him it would make it easier to attack her. He said that he held down Cassidy while James placed a bag over her head and strangled her. Oh, my God. We don't know yet if this is what ended up, this was the cause of death or not. But after this, he said they took her body outside and tied it to the gantry crane. This is, you know, what basically what hunters do. Once Cassidy's body was tied up, they disemboweled and dismembered her. Mm -mm. After this, they placed her remains in a bathtub inside. And investigators also found photos in the cabin of Cassidy in the cage partially nude, and tied to the crane. So at this point, they have DNA evidence, they have a confession, and they found recovered messages between the two men planning this murder. The prosecution, it sounds like, has a solid case, but we'll see. So a month later, these guys were in custody, okay? On October 4th, a fire started at the property and the cabin where Cassidy had been held burned completely to the ground. All of it. So the bomb squad from Springfield, Missouri was called in and they found an incendiary device. Something to blow it up. Yeah. In a mortar tube. To incinerate it. Yep. With an attached tripwire. So this is still part of an ongoing investigation. And a lot of information on this has not been made public yet. But these guys are in custody and there's a bomb that makes that whole area burned down with evidence. Hmm. There's somebody else. It has led to a lot of speculation and for good reason, in my opinion. Well, yeah. So James Phelps and Timothy Norton face murder, abandonment of a corpse, and kidnapping charges. They've both pleaded not guilty in court. 
That seems like not enough for them to be charged with. I know. For doing everything that they did. Well, it's like you go to some cases and they're like, they charge you for uh, well, I mean, mailing something without the right postage. Right. Or but dismemberment of a body. A abuse of, of a corpse. I mean, all kinds of stuff. How about loading shit on the dark web? Is there not a – is there think. not anything for that? I know. It does seem – I mean, it seems like there's something for that. Maybe it's because they're so solid they don't feel like they have to tackle they're, on. They're like, you know I what? Know. You're going to get 3,000 years anyways. We're not going to mess with these it's hard tiny to say. charges. Yeah, I don't know. But in August of 2022, the prosecutor filed to make the case a death penalty case against James. Yeah, it should be. Yeah. So – Stay tuned. Well, yeah. Police have not given a motive yet for the crime, but they say based on the messages they recovered, they planned it in advance, and they also know that these two men were classmates in school, and they're in their late 50s, so they've been in contact for a long time. I wonder if they got paid. I don't know. These you know, are some for that stuff, dudes. I mean, like, what are you going to do with that meat that's dated? Are you not going to sell it? I mean, I don't know. It's Like I said, People it's do led that. to a lot yeah. of... Speculation. speculation. So they've been friends for decades, and but they also said they have not located any evidence leading them to believe other victims or suspects are associated with the two men. And again, it's like, who set off that bomb to right. get rid of evidence? They weren't. Yeah. Mm. So these two men are expected to be in court this month, January of 2023. So more will be coming out soon. But... You never know. I'm sure this trial will be pushed back a thousand times because that's how it always is. I didn't have a lot of luck finding out much about Cassidy, which was a little annoying. Because you want to know who 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 she she is. is. What's her story? I did find a Facebook group that was talking about the case. And there's a thread where people were talking about what they liked about Cassidy. Mm -hmm. And many people mentioned that she was a great singer and was always singing. Several people said that she was a sweetheart. And even though she fell on some hard times, she cared deeply for her children. After the news broke about this case, a slew of rumors started circulating. I mean, you can only, you can see why. Yeah. And it makes you think these men have done something like this before. I mean, do you go from zero to dismembering someone and pack? You know what we I mean? We have talked about it, this. It happens. I don't know it does how. Happen. But there's... Yeah, I don't oh. know. I don't... Ugh. Mm. So, Timothy Norton worked as a truck driver, so some speculate he could have transported victims across state lines. Again, that's just speculation. Rumors started spreading on TikTok that the two men had been butchering humans and storing their meat. Sheriff Scott Rice has encouraged people not to listen to TikTok creators and said they're, quote, sitting in their apartment in their mommy and daddy's basement eating great value cheese puffs and drinking box wine with grand intentions of being a social media superstar. What? Yeah, I'm like, eh, I, I don't know about that. Anyway, once we know more, I might have to do a part two about this yeah, case. Definitely. So a lot of this information is from KY3 News, which is the news channel from my hometown because – for some reason, we got Springfield, Missouri's news. Well, still, yeah. when I go to my mom's, I'm it's like, still, you it, don't get Little Rock news? No, it's, it's all Missouri. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, yeah. I grew up like 30 minutes from the Missouri border, yeah. basically. It's the Ozarks up there. And of course, if you're from that area, you know it's very rural. 
a lot of drugs, <sighs> a lot of missing people, a lot of ugh, things go on up there. I'm just saying. I don't know. We'll definitely stay tuned. I'm going to have to put a Google alert on this. Uh, yes, because I'm, I'm, I'm like, intrigued. You're telling us that these two men just all of a sudden are like, we're going to do this? And they have never even raped someone before? Right, that we know of. You know, yeah, yeah, I'm just like, you just wake up one day and, I mean, people do have done that. Okay, now to switch gears, we have good news. What? what? Drum roll. We got several new patrons over the holidays. Which is really cool. Awesome. And we have Lindy O from Wait for It, Utah. <gasps> our first our first Utah, Utah patron. Yeah, I have her pin in Utah. You're look at that. Lindy, you're very lonely in that area because there's no <laughs> other patron near you except for one in uh looks like Vegas. We don't care. But we don't care. That's even better. We love we it. We love it. It's exciting. So thank you. And we have Deborah G from New York. Awesome. Yes. Thank you, Deborah. I wasn't sure where this city was, so I gave it a goog. And I love a tangent. Interestingly enough, it's a hamlet on Long Island. And I'm not going to say where exactly, but I've never heard of a place being called a hamlet. Have you? Uh-uh. Yeah. So it turns out many people in New York use the term hamlet. To refer to a community within a town that is not incorporated as a village, but is identified as a name. Is Soma a hamlet of Little Rock? I don't know. I'm going to start, call- start saying call- that's well, my hamlet. Saying it's a hamlet of Little Rock. Yeah. I I'm, think you should do that. Yeah, that's a good idea. And we have Mary B. from New York. <gasps> so two New Yorkers. Two New Yorkers. Yes. I love it even more now. And you're both. Did you stick stickers on everything when you were in New York? I forgot to take them. I'm so bummed. (laughs) Mary and Deborah, if you want to stick a bunch of our stickers, we'll mail you extra so you can just load them them around. I wanted to put put one in the nurse Betty's bathroom so bad. And you didn't have any. And I didn't have any. I put one of Charlie in there. Well, we'll have to go back. So Brandy B. also joined us. We are not sure where she's from yet. I sent her a message today. So thank you, Brandy. We appreciate you guys. Love it. And our patron Diana reached out, and we basically love all the same shows. I finally found someone else who loves Fringe, and she suggested a show I haven't ever heard of. It's called Severance on HBO. What? No. Heard of that? Write this down. So for those of you not on our patron page we did a special episode in december about doppelgangers so she said that this isn't necessarily about doppelgangers but it's kind of so it's about two selves that don't know each other that's how she described it It sounds interesting has adam scott patricia arquette oh i'm gonna have to try it i love medium with patricia arquette back in the day but that's the news very very cool where are we next week Next week, we are in South Dakota. I've skied there before. Oh, my gosh. I've never been to South Dakota. I've never been to North Dakota. Tammy has a a good time. She has a good time bar up there. We need to go. (laughs) We need to go. We're ready. So we hope your Christmases were good and your Mm -hmm. Hanukkahs and your holidays and Mm -hmm. all the things. Hope you have a great new year. And had a a good new year. And it's New Year, same us. Here we are. I mean... Did you make any resolutions, Dara asked? I did. Oh, you did? I made several. Oh, I love that. Do you want me to tell you them all? If you want. You don't have to. to, So you can keep me in check. Well, I want to start working out again. 
We talked about this the other Mm -hmm. night. Um, Definitely start that again. And limit my social media. Mm -hmm. I feel like I get sucked in to social media. It's a time suck. It really is. And I find myself, and I know I'm not the only one because I was talking about it today at work with a couple of the girls. You inadvertently start comparing your life Mm -hmm. to other people's online lives because you know it's not that that way in the real world yeah but you know what i'm saying and comparison is a huge thief of joy and i feel like i do that i compare myself to other people not that i'm envious or depressed or anything like that but just and i'm like what this is such a waste of time so and not everyone is as happy as they seem on social media no they are not so i have made a pact with myself or a resolution to um, stop all the suck social media sucking my time. Mm-hmm. I just do, I just too much. It's too much. I'm not saying I'm not going to get on there. Yeah. But just, yeah. But just not continually scroll and scroll and scroll and look and dive mm-hmm. and snoop and be <laughs> Some people call it doom scrolling. Yes. I'm so bad about that in I, the bed at night. I do it in the bed at night. I will sit in the bathtub with my phone and do it. Yep. I do it when I'm on the toilet. Mm-hmm. I do it when I'm waiting for the dishwater to run. I mean, cooking dinner. It's like, it's... My food at a restaurant. It, exactly. Yeah. It's in... It's too much. It's too much. It's insane. It's a waste of time. And there's nothing that... Interesting, usually. No, you're just depressed. You're nosy, trying to figure out what's going on with somebody else's life. You're comparing yours to other people. So I'm just like, okay, it's enough. I'm doing a social media cleanse and start reading more. Oh, I love that. I used to read all the time. Same. I used to read all the time. Well, I feel like for me, and this might be for you, before the podcast, I had extra time. Now I use the extra time for the podcast. Right. Well, I definitely read a and lot. And then yeah. we're reading so much for mm-hmm. true crime. When people suggest true crime books for me, I'm like, I'm not reading that. I'm, I'm like, are you kidding <laughs> I'm me? I'm burnt out. My brain like, is fried. I need something else to read. I'm not reading true crime extra. Well, <laughs> I we had two listeners send us books. We did. And I have almost finished one. <gasps> oh. And I'm, I mean, literally, like, I'll be done in the next couple days with one, and I'm halfway through the other one. So I take back what I said. I'll read those. So next- <laughs> If it's a gift, it doesn't count. So next week, when we come back mm-hmm. on South Dakota, I will um, give the shout out to the two okay, cool. listeners yeah, that- when you finish sent, the books. Yeah, when I finish the books, they sent us the books. That's and awesome. tell you about the books and where you can find them and buy mm-hmm. them and give you my two cents. And, um, love that it's taken me a while because I, I've just been busy with Max's sports mm-hmm. and, um, holidays, all the damn it's holidays. Been, Lord, I know. It's been busy and crazy. And both of them have sent me messages asking me, have you, did you get the oh books? God. Did you read the books? And I haven't <laughs> responded to them because I'm like, yes, I got them. And I'm, I'm sorry. Like, life is hard <laughs> I'm, right I'm trying, now. I'm trying, I'm trying, but just to <sighs> sit down and read, but Yeah. With the holidays and also being off of work for them. And Max spent a week with his grandparents over Christmas. So I had time to sit. That's nice. And read. So come back for that. And then I'll bring them to you next week. You'll have to tell us what you're reading each week. I'm going to try to get more into it as well. And I love audiobooks. Mm -hmm. Because when I work, I don't have to 
think too hard about what I'm doing. I can listen to stuff. Yeah. And instead of only listening to podcasts, yeah. I'm going to start listening to audiobooks. Mm-hmm. So listening to Me Talk Pretty One Day by David Sedaris. And What's he narrates about? it himself. It's kind of like short. He's He reads stuff like little funny short stories and that kind of thing mm-hmm. on NPR, or at least he used to. Uh, he's actually coming to Little Rock in April. So I'm like, really? oh, I need to read his – I've had his book forever downstairs. But I'm like, I don't feel like I have time to read a physical copy. So mm-hmm. I've been listening to it. And it's interesting. I've also been listening to more like self-help podcasts. I think that's awesome. I've been listening I to – I saw you posted yeah, that. Yeah. Um, what's it called? Happier with Gretchen Rubin. It's her and her sister basically just talking about how to be happier. I'm like, no, well, fuck, I need gives to listen you to ideas. That. I'm like, okay, like when I'm cleaning house, it kind of uplifts me instead of listening to. And then her titties got chopped yes, off. True yeah. crime. I it love gets true heavy. crime and horror. It does podcasts, get heavy, but it's like I need to. I don't know. It gets a little heavy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. anyways, if y'all have any suggestions for books, yeah, let us. I'll know. read a true crime book. Lacey wants self help. <laughs> I love thrillers, actually. <laughs> I, thrillers, I love a thriller, too. Suspense novels, thrillers, memoirs. I like classics. I dystopian like, novels. I'm pretty okay. open. Yeah. I just don't do romance. I, uh, Well, uh, I say I don't do romance. I can't do, like, her tits hanging out and Fabio's got her in a <laughs> lip lock. Yeah. Not that kind of romance. Well, yeah. I, that's basically yeah. what I'm talking about. We're I'm, not trying to read Danielle Steele. Yeah, yeah. I'm fine with there being a romance involved in the story itself. I just don't want it to be like Fabio romance. Yes. If you like that, that's great. Cool. And I know plenty of people who do. Oh, yeah. Go for it. So, anyways, on that note, we're back next week. My book reviews. Yep, we have South, a Wacky Wednesday coming up. I have up. a Wacky Wednesday coming up and um, South Dakota. Yep. So, bye. bye.